0: hello and welcome back to episode 11 of the rovers chat podcast we're back for another week a really busy week ahead and a week gone by we'll cover it all on the podcast and fingers crossed we can look a bit more positive towards the upcoming games the headlines for the week so as the week just gone sorry two losses in a week as rovers fall at the hands of Sunderland and zip to it pace comes under the microscope once again for his goalkeeping performances we'll go on to cover that sigurdson introduces himself with a debut goal and there's more injury wars for rovers as hedges limps off but Harry Lennon continues to impress as always. I'm joined by the typical duo we always have. A long time, mark How are we today? I'll come to you first. How are we doing? I am nowhere near over the weekend, if I'm being perfectly honest. I had a
1: slight little pick up as the dingles got beat, and they're still struggling, so that put me up ever so slightly. And I did have an Indian yesterday in Padium, but it was quite amusing as I had my rovers top on, and they were not too impressed. But yeah, no, I'm. Uh, I'm not I'm not tremendous, I'll be honest, Dan. Mike, how are we doing? Are we
0: good?
2: Well, I've been better, mate. I mean, being a Rovers fans are kicking the nuts at the moment. You when you just think it's gonna go well, it seems to uh turn back and kick us in the arse, doesn't it?
0: It certainly does. Mike, before I move on, what career do you get in an Indian? I'm very intrigued to in know. Uh I'm a big fan of a naga never heard of it uh let's move on so, <laughs> uh, speaking of indians we'll take two takeaways from the coming week sunderland hey. we uh wednesday night obviously saw rovers fall to a 3-1 defeat against Ipswich. mark you did the match reaction so i'll let you be on this one mike what did you make of the defeat how do you feel about rovers losing to to tony mowbray on wednesday <sighs>
2: Yeah, it was a frustrating one, wasn't it? I mean, to miss those that many chances, dominate the game at the start, and then it seems to be the topic of the season at the moment where we just seem to throw things away. We have all these chances, everything seems to work. I mean, I've got so many notes based on the game, too many missed chances, too many yellows, the subs killed the game, um, pairs, um, there's, you know, just so many notes. And it all seems negative
0: after such a positive start. Yeah, the mood's changed a lot, hasn't it, in the last week? Definitely. Now, Mike, like I did with Mark, we're doing the match action. You did the Ipswich one. So, Mike, obviously, Rovers fall to a 4 3 defeat against Ipswich on Saturday. Now, we won't go into the goalkeeper debate because that's going to be quite a big part of this podcast later on. But what did you make of the defeat overall? Should Rovers come away with something or was the result a deserved one?
1: I don't think you can come away from anything with a first-half performance like that. I didn't recognise some of the players. I think it was everything that we know at times we struggle with. I thought it exposed a few things, one of them being the central midfield area, and that caused a few issues. And I think,
0: obviously, as we'll go on to talk about it, it exposed all our weaknesses for me. Yeah, definitely. It felt almost like that, that performance at the weekend was... The attacking bit were there finally that we've been waiting for all season and that delighted me but then the defensive issues come in and i'll be honest i think possibly one of the first times in a long time i've worried about rovers defensively i think previously we've always been decent enough i know we've conceded a few bad goals but i think it's which kind of summed up a lot of issues and kind of brought them to light as mike said the attitude's changed a lot in the space of a week now Michael, just come back to you about that Ipswich game. A lot's been said about Pairs, and again, we'll go on to cover it. Do you feel that Rovers are struggling in terms of is it the formation that are making us struggle? Because I think there's a lot more issues than Pairs, albeit his issues come to light because he's the one who, you know, costs us goals if he makes a mistake. I'm not
2: one to overreact over one game. Uh, necessarily so I think the tactics have worked all season we've dominated so many games opposition fans every single team we play they seem to reply saying our best team that's come to us best team we've seen this year Uh, good luck for the rest of the season you're going to have a great season so I'm not really concerned about the tactics in Ipswich I do think that was um, a, a little bit of a one off, if you say, I I just think things just didn't work. And we discussed about the fact of having that long travel there. And it's not great, especially when we haven't got the depth. Plus, we had a couple of injury issues. So I'm not going to overreact to the Ipswich game. But what the Ipswich game did show was it highlighted more issues that have actually happened over the season. And they're the, the smaller issues that are causing bigger issues like pairs. Um, like mm-hmm. sometimes we push forward a little bit too much and we're a bit exposed at the back. I do think that it's it's one of those where Carter and Haim have bad games. They've had great games all season. You know, so it yeah. is. It to me, it was just a bit of a one-off.
0: And, Michael, come back to you now we will focus on the positive soon because there were a couple from the week on back yeah. but the one i wanted to discuss with the injury to ryan hedges now we spoke a lot about hedges on here we've mentioned how he kind of sums rovers up with that Watford game, that Plymouth game how big of a miss do you think he'll be you know we're expecting probably six to eight weeks aren't we for him do you feel he'll be a, a massive miss for rovers or is it i don't want to say benefit because you never want to play to get injured but could it see other players get given that chance who may then flourish? Yeah, I think both, to be fair.
1: I, I do think he's going to be a, a big miss. I felt we were missing him at weekend. I think part of the fact we were open was because none of those forward players were actually dropping in. Um, however, Sigurdsson was a massive plus. I thought Mark ande did well uh, in a quite a surprise opportunity for him. We wouldn't have been expecting it at that point. I think there are opportunities there, probably for Mark Andey again. I think Sigurdsson looked like could really have something. And then Moran the the one thing that disappointed me, I suppose, was I thought I was expecting a bit more from him, particularly on that round side where he's more used to playing. But I think we
0: were we, we were exposed, weren't we? And
1: that that's the issue that I worry about without edges.
0: Yeah, Mike, you mentioned sigurdsson there, actually, yeah. I was impressed by him. I was disappointed he come off at half-time, but I appreciate he had to with the injury-wise. How, in, how important do you think he could be to us? Because we said in all season, haven't we, that when he comes back, it'll feel like another addition into this side that we haven't really had for the last month or two. How important yeah. do you think he could be to Roves going forward? I thought he took his goal particularly well. Massively. I think
1: when you saw him play, obviously we've heard lots about him. We've seen the praise Greg Broughton's given him. We've seen the prayers uh, Thompson's given him. For me he just looked comfortable on the ball he looks like a player who probably plays at a higher level i think you could see that he he looked calm with his finish he just had that touch of class about him that he didn't do anything amazing don't get me wrong but he just looked like you know sometimes you when you're watching the under 21s or you're playing a cup game and there's a couple of players that play in the first team all the time he just looked like he had that next level Um, and i'm i was really encouraged I could understand why he came off. He was blowing after half an hour. There was a point where he was chasing back and he just couldn't get there. So that's going to be an issue. He's going to have to get used to that. But massive promise uh, for me.
2: I think there's another yeah. thing with Sigurdsson as well that he's going to have to do what Bradley Dack did and get used to playing with players that might not be on the same wavelength as him you can tell he's got this heightened intelligence on the pitch I mean we saw him obviously only 45 minutes and like Mark said the, the fitness slowed him down a little bit but that calmness of finish and the, the little play and, and stuff you could tell that other players weren't necessarily linking in with him but he was thinking two three steps ahead and we used to have this with Dack. so I just Hope that he adapts his game to being playing with I don't want to say lesser players because that's completely disrespecting the players that we've got. But like you say, he's used to playing at quite a high level and he's now playing with championship players and he's gonna to need to adapt his game. But we saw some fantastic glimpses of that intelligent play, and I, I love the calmness of finish. If you had that against Sunderland, we're winning that game.
1: Yeah,
0: definitely. Yeah, no, i
1: see why he played.
0: Yeah. Yeah million percent can you can tell that level like you said lesser plays you don't want to use but greg referenced it himself that he shouldn't really be playing at this level he should have gone on to be a bit a better level but with everything that's gone on it's kind of put his career in a hole and hopefully he can use us to get up there hopefully it's with us but you never know now mark another positive of the week i think it's been harry leonard got a goal against sunderland got an assist against it to each are involved in the the own goal that went in How positive has it been for him this week after, you know, he took his time out of the team after a good start to the season, you know, he kind of needed to bed into men's football, as we call it. How important do you think he could be going forward, especially with the news about Sam Gallagher being out for, you know, we're looking at uh, eight weeks, aren't we? I'm really impressed with the lads and it's not just him being a striker
2: finishing. I mean, the goal obviously was a known goal, but he hassled, he was there. You know, his goal against Sunderland, it was, was quite a similar position where he'd come into the back. It was a lovely little header. But some of the notes I made, the thing I really liked about him is he's closing down. I love how he closes down it's really intelligent so the ball gets played back to the keeper and what he does is he runs to the defender to take off that easy yeah he's like curling around then back to the keeper so he'll go and cover the defender so he hasn't got the pass but then sprint in so he's taken an option away from the goalkeeper then presses the goalkeeper and so many times he's causing issues i mean i I think the, uh, the west brom game he did it quite a lot um he's done it in other games and i love that i love endeavor i love effort the fans love it i love his passion um the finishings there as well we've seen the finishing i just i think the only thing he's now going to need is to bulk up a little bit as he matures and i think he'd be a fantastic striker for us
0: yeah, I do. I think he's got everything he needs. And I think he's going to have the year where he's not given the responsibility fully on his shoulders, and I think that will help him, actually. Now, we'll look ahead to the two games coming up. We'll start with the Cardiff one on Wednesday. Uh, there's a few things to cover with this one. Mark, I'll come to you first about the ticketing situation now. There's been a lot of stuff on social media about the Blackman end being closed. There's only the Jack Walker open for Blackman fans. Are you disappointed with the news? You know we've seen a lot of reaction. What's your take on it? i'll be
1: honest i'm i'm normally able to put myself in the club's shoes and i always try and do that rather than overreacting i think it's bang out of order this is a, a cup game it's not an early round of the cup we've got cardiff who we're not going to bring many you've got home advantage you've got young players that you want to play in front of a crowd Blackburn being shots just Nonsensical to me, and if we're, if we're that short of money that we're going to have to make measures like this, I think we're we're in a world of trouble. And um, you know, you might want to move around because it's the cup you might want to get a better view. Jack Walker, I get that, but to have one stand open to home fans is laughable. Absolutely, you know, you can imagine the other clubs now. And I think from what you can tell off the ticketing maps, as accurate as you know they are, it looks like people are voting with their feet
0: yeah i'm in the black and normally i don't mind a move to the jack walker actually for the walsall game but i think you're just pushing people out for for no reason yeah. i know a few that aren't going on whether some people see that as maybe an over-the-top measure people have their traditions don't they they have the way of going to football they like the seat they like staying in that seat you know no matter what game it is i just don't see the point look at Girona game again i don't we had five thousand, and we had them in both stands we can do it you know i don't really see the point but uh We'll move on to look at the team. Now, Mike, obviously, the cup brings a lot of chances for the young lads, the ones that have impressed in previous games. You know, I'm talking Sack uh Thomas and James Edmondson. How balanced would you go with experience and the young lads in this game? Do you think it's one that we should keep them, you know, the senior players in because we're playing a championship club, or is it focus on the league and just see if their kids can do their job again?
2: Um, I do full rotation now. Uh, I was I know quite a few Cardiff fans based on where I work. I was talking to them. They're expecting their team to have a full rotation as well. Um, it, they, I mean, they've had a look at it and he said to me, he said, looking at your young lads compared to our young lads, you're going to absolutely nail us. I hope that is the case. Um, I, I do think It's similar to previous rounds, Um, the Harrogate game, um, the Walsall game. You've got to give the young lads a chance. Like Mark said, we're playing the same tactics on each level now. So these lads can come in. They can play the JDT way. They look confident. We're confident in them as fans as well. They're getting all the support. So I, I would be rotating it fully and I'd definitely put in Leo in goal.
0: Yeah, we'll go into the team on the preview but i actually think we'll have quite a strong team moving with rotation i imagine okay. jrc will come back in and play james hill should get his debut for the club he's not cut tied i thought he was but you're only on the bench against swansea for bournemouth last time so you've got him scott wharton you imagine jake battiel coming up left back and then tronstad hasn't played as he jake garrett hasn't played Uh dolan you know we've got all these players gilson and will probably get another chance so i don't think it will be as as weak as it was for the harrogate game although i know we battered them anyway i think we've actually got a bit more strength and tell should get his start up front to actually impress so plenty of chances there and then we look ahead to sunday as leicester visit you part now these are the games i dread but you never know with them mark how are you feeling ahead of sunday right this moment in time um not great
1: I think would you play tell, uh, tell a little bit, Obviously, is he's going to get a game but would you play Sigurdsson against Cardiff either of you
2: um based on the fact <laughs> he came off so tired I'd mm. maybe have him on the bench and bring him on to finish the game rather than yeah. start and play the that whole would... thing
1: mm. yeah so he's a bright spot start isn't he? But you know we're looking at next week but I I could understand why he started against Ipswich because we were always going to be on the front foot and we we kind of talked about we were probably going to be exhausted by 60 minutes I wouldn't think that would be the case against Leicester I think actually we might be more in our shell a little bit a bit more like the Watford game so I'd actually keep him on the bench for the for the Leicester game as well uh I, I'm not overly confident at this moment in time from being perfectly honest I think we were far too open and now it's not I, I love the way we're playing and I don't think it's the tactics I think you know we've talked about this loads uh off the pod I think there's one or two tweaks that we need to make to just that's made the key difference in these last two games and it has the previous and uh, and I think it's, it's you know JDT he'll know that as well
0: yeah of course we know what Leicester are going to bring them we know Rovers yeah. are going to be under the crash for a lot of it whether we're going when we don't know what we will do now is for anyone actually wanting coverage of the two games cardiff and the last one there'll be everything on the youtube channel go and check that out but we'll look at the hot topic of the week now everyone knows what it is <laughs> the ends person we have all said debate now michael come to you first as a goalkeeper yourself how hard is a game like saturday for Ainsley pairs so
2: to give listeners a little bit of an insight to myself i have been a goalkeeper for a long time but i've also done my badges i'm a goalkeeping coach um i mainly coach between the ages of seven and 16. now when you're an adult you deal with things differently to a seven to 16 year old. seven to 16 year olds i'm telling them you know when you make a mistake we forget about it we talk about it later we learn from it and so on as an adult I think sometimes you need to be told and you need to be told when you're making these mistakes and i just feel like he's not he's not learning from his mistakes the mistakes all seem to be very similar to one another and i'm i'm very concerned about him now i I supported him last year he was in form he's now out of form jdt has that decision to make and I think it's, it's not, it, I said before, it's not an ability thing. It's a mental thing. And to answer your question in a roundabout way, um, it's very difficult for him to concede a goal that early he's there thinking, should I've come for that initial cross? Okay. The shot was battered into the near post, but then again, people are going to call me on the near post and then he tries to do too much. And that's exactly what happened. I mean. Do you, do you want me to break down the goals of the season? Because I've done that. It's... Yeah, you did
0: some brilliant work on it, Yeah, so, brilliant
2: work on it. so buckle in, boys. This is not <laughs> good reading. So, again, this is me being super harsh as a coach um, looking at this. So, looking at the four goals uh, we conceded against Ipswich, the first one, he maybe should have come for the cross, but it was a battered shot. Um through a crowd, I'm not going to judge him on that. But the second one, he's randomly come out. Carter had the would have had the ball under control. He's randomly come out. He's put it back into danger. He hasn't been able to set his feet. And if you actually look, he slips over trying to make the save because he's put himself in that situation. The third one, he's coming to no man's land. The ball's coming through to Hurst of all people, and it doesn't finish coming out. He just and he if he if he'd actually stayed back on his line. Um, he could have reacted to the shot and Hyam was actually coming across to put Hurst under pressure so it would have actually helped himself the fourth one could he have caught it yes or no I'm not going to get into that but he's punched it back into danger and then he's got to set himself quickly so that that's it which we've all seen that the Sunderland one the first goal uh, penalty the second goal the shot was through a crowd but maybe probably could have done a little bit better but the third one he. He's put himself in a position next to Hyam. So when when the players actually come through, he stepped forward and stood next to Hyam. Well, you now can't dive to the left because there's a big Scotsman right next to you. So he's put himself out of position again. Um, Borough, it was an offside goal. Plymouth, the first one, obviously it was deflected. But the second one, we've gone through it. He's palmed it back into danger. The guys tapped it in. The third one, he's come randomly out of his area again and headed it into danger and got lobbed. Watford, OK, got a clean sheet and he, I think he actually had a pretty good game against Watford. Hull, the first one, it was a battered shot uh, by uh, Aaron Connolly, but his hand didn't go up fast enough, but I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be too harsh on that one. But the second one, real poor positioning, if you remember it, he set himself, he wasn't on the centre of his goal. He just, he didn't seem to know where he was. Um rotherham to be fair both goals were pretty good goals west brom it was a good shot but if actually if you wind it back a bit the tones came from him playing a poor pass from out of the back so the ball's come back to him he's been put under pressure and then he's put someone else under pressure and then the balls ended up coming back and they've actually scored a good goal again that's me being a bit harsh but the conclusion of it was Six of the goals have been directly hit that we've conceded in the league have been his fault. Two of them, I would say he's partly at fault, which means 50% of the goals we've conceded this year have pairs name written on them. Now, that's, that's a lot for a goalkeeper, and especially when you've come from solid goalkeepers like Kaminsky. Now, my conclusion is... He's made some great saves and he's been solid at times but these littered mistakes are now too much and it is difficult to defend him now now dan i'll pass it back to you now after all of that i know your opinions
0: but share them (laughs) i feel with pairs it's time to go i put it on twitter after the game and a few people stuck up for him but the way i see it is it's not just interplay it's not just sorry people blame the defense it's not just that if I'm a defender and I have Thomas Kaminsky behind me, I feel I'd feel a lot more confident. I think one obvious sign of it was I believe it was leaf Davis, whipped a ball to the back post. Pickering had plenty of time to edit down to pairs and kind of went, nope, and just edited it out. And mm-hmm. that's the worry for me. If your defenders can't be confident in you, if your teammates can't be confident in you getting the ball, it's when I start to worry. Yes, keepers make mistakes. Kaminsky had it. I just feel the time's up for players. Now, Leon might not be the right answer. He might be just as bad. He might be even worse, but you've got to stand at risk, haven't you? I mean, we've just said
2: him. 50% of the goals. Yeah. You we can, have to train. Yeah.
0: I think he plays better with his feet as well, which I think will eliminate the issues we have with players conceding them. I just feel Ains is this player that had this really tough start. I thought he did brilliantly last year to come back in and only make one or two mistakes i thought that were real mental mental side from him really strong yeah. and then he got given the number one shirt this year with kaminsky going and i thought this has got to be your time Enzo so you've got to prove yourself as being a championship keeper and it started well and it just each week you get more worried that he's going to do something i think the fact that the Ipswich crowd were cheering every time he touched the ball kind of said everything oh, that's about to be in his head well.
2: then isn't
0: it yeah and i think for anyone who didn't see it at half time the whistle went the away and booed people have the thoughts on booing uh and Ainsley's paid, Ainsley paid head turned straight to the away end and straight down and for me that just said everything i thought he actually had a decent second after he conceded that goal but it's just time to change i think wednesday's the audition for leo and then if we get into Saturday, if he does well wednesday should start saturday mark now i wanted to come to you with a question about uh what california rover put on twitter Is our goalkeeping coach the issue? Now Ben Benson's been talked about a lot with the David Reyer situation, etc. Do you feel this is a coaching issue, a keeping issue in that way, or do you feel it's just Ainsley's head's kinda gone and that's why he's making these mistakes? Yeah, I know a lot of people have things to
1: say, you know, about Ben Benson. I think some of that stems from the fact he was promoted from within at a time when it felt like there was a bit of cost cut in and there was a lot of coaches that went and he didn't. And I know people have been skeptical haven't they since you know, probably since Benkies have been here that well, why is that person lingering around and things. I, I think when we look at it, David Ray was a young goalkeeper, and he was a good goalkeeper, there was the obvious things he needed to improve, but that was going to come with time. Jason Steele, if we go back to him, it was mental you know if we look at him now and then sunderland he just capitulated after us i think if you look at as the pairs like we talked about you know mike's brought it broke it down fantastically there these are not really technical issues these are all about either trying to do too much making the wrong decision this is all mental now it's having said that after that wigan capitulation How he's come back from that, I have no idea. And last season, I was so impressed with him, not forget his performances in some ways, the fact that he looked quite steady, but he looked comfortable in his own skin. And that was a massive thing. So that's why I was prepared to give him a goal this year. But I just think he's not learning, like Mike says. So you've got to imagine that they're working on this in training. We see the videos, we see them doing, you know, quick feet and they're across. Well, that's one of the issues that he seems to not be doing we've seen them coming at you know they come a punch we know that they do talking about when's the decision making we know they do a technical analysis they must be sat with him going right into. was this the right decision do you think what could we have done but he's then not putting it into practice or he's not learning i think going into wednesday's game i think the problem against how when we talked about it down and we saw bolster we couldn't really judge him because although he was on the pitch for 90 minutes he had, i think he had one one on one and then he started to get a bit bored and he started to play yeah. a couple of silly passes that were going out of play that's an issue but what we could do with on wednesday is cardiff actually turning up a bit I and mean, i was really seeing what he's made of yeah
2: he needs yeah. that
0: test isn't it
2: yeah i mean i've i was i was lucky enough to go to a seminar with the um england goalkeeper coach and all the notes i made on that i've, I've, I've literally just looked at them now and Pairs doesn't do a lot of them (laughs) and this is this is mad i mean i'm glad you brought the videos up mark because i really look at them with intent when they come out i Mm. find it really interesting to see what they're training and they know they're being filmed so you do hear ben benson he's there saying great one great save all of this it's all really positive stuff that's when the camera's are there we don't know what's happening when the cameras are gone but there is something that's not working from the coaching side if you've got a keeper that's making the same mistakes over and over again there is something there that isn't right the leo thing i mean i mean me and mark had a bit of a laugh didn't we when i said about i was worried about leo not playing in front of many fans when when we first signed him but i actually think that makes a huge difference and i think having them fans on pairs pairs listening to them fans on his back that is going to make him second-guess things he's doing, put himself in stupid situations. And that is the pressure of the fans. That's not just the pressure of the game. That's not just the pressure of his coach management teammates, the pressure of the fans as well. Cause he wants to say, do you know what? I can do this. I'm going to come out. I'm going to claim this ball. And everyone's going to think I'm an amazing keeper. Oh crap. I've just made a mistake. And it's gone in the top corner. So I, and I my worry with Leo is, if how can he handle mistakes? You will make mistakes, like everyone knows that. He's going to be making a big step up into the championship. I mean, I don't want to disrespect the league he's, he's come from, but you look at the videos; they're playing in one in front of one man and his dog at a time. You know, and granted, <laughs> we don't get big, big crowds, but we're going to have crowds where yeah. like at Ipswich, where they are going to be on your back, like you said, Dan. Fans are going to be booing you. What what is going to keep Leo? Looks like a real confident guy. He's big, mm-hmm. he's strong, he seems really confident. I hope that if he does come in, that he has just, I don't care about him plucking him out the top corner. I don't care about him doing something amazing. Just don't make a mistake. I think I said to you before, 90% of uh, success is just not messing up. So just yeah. come in, please, and be solid. That's all we ask for
1: yeah. out of a goalkeeper. My the yeah. thing um, at when we had Christian Walton, he was poor J- poor when we had thomas kaminsky he felt like a massive step up because for me he was probably i mean we've been spoiled with goalkeepers particularly in, in our era pushing 40 tonight. um but we've got <laughs> but we've got ends of has come in and you've just before him you've had thomas kaminsky so already he's got quite a high bar comparatively he's not yeah, we're, we're looking up here aren't we yeah Yeah. But for me, Kaminsky used to, I mean, he made the odd save where he went, that was a bloody good save. But quite often, I felt he was, he saved everything he should have saved. It was rare he made an error, a a glaring obvious. But then also, there was not that many times where he went, wow, he's just kept us in the game. There was a little spell at the beginning of last season where he did. But other than that, generally, he was probably a 7 out of 10 keeper. I'm kind of fine with that. Ainsley Pairs, it feels, doesn't really ever go above the 7, but does drop significantly below. And he's just the variable with him, he's just not good enough. Like you say, Volstead, we need him to come in and just be steady.
2: But when he's coming
1: in on the back of an error, is he going to be thinking, How do I prove I'm the man here? What do I need to do? do Don't prove Well, anything. on that, I
2: mean, you're, you're 100% right, because if you're going to be making your debut, it's because something's gone wrong. So you've either yeah. replaced an injured goalkeeper, where most likely he's had a good run of games, so you're thinking, okay, you know, I've got, to, I've got to step up to be his level, or you're coming in because that keeper's been absolutely rubbish. So it is going to be difficult, and this is why I, I do worry. I mean, one thing I was going to ask you to, um, I'll ask Dan this one, The one note I did make is Pears is punished when other keepers' errors haven't been punished. I do feel like he has been unlucky. So look at Ipswich's goalkeeper. He made actually quite a few mistakes at the weekend, Mm -hmm. but we, he didn't really get punished. So I I do think that I'm not sure what the question is yet, Dan, but do you, (laughs) do you feel like he's, he's been a little bit unlucky? as well or do you think it is just he's not good
0: enough i just don't think he's good enough as harsh as it is i feel i just feel that pays as he's right i think he'd going to league one and he'd do really well there i think but just the championship isn't for him i think he struggles with the pressure i think someone said on here that he has to make a save before he kind of feels settled in the game and that feels yeah. that way within that you know it there were one save he made in the second half where if he'd have made that save first in the game, I don't think he made some mistakes. I think he needs that reassurance that, oh, I've done well, I've, you know, I've done it. So, no, I don't think he's good enough. I don't want him to get any abuse whilst he's playing for us, but for me, he's just yeah. not. He's not up to scratch it's, here. It's
2: so difficult, isn't it? Because keepers, they yeah. get better with age. and you do Mm -hmm. want to have an experienced keeper and maybe he just maybe he wasn't ready maybe jdt was right at the Mm -hmm. start of last season where he wanted to learn him out and maybe he should have trusted Mm -hmm. himself and learned him out
1: do you think Mike? just obviously looking at pairs now and saying obviously the fans i think after that Wigan game a lot of supporters needed convincing so you've just said there dan about him needing to make a save. Himself to feel comfortable. I think the fans feel like that. Yeah, oh percent it, it, it will take a lot for fans, I think, to feel comfortable with him. So even if he comes in and he just he does all right, the fans are almost waiting for an error, which is awful. <laughs> and it's awful and you feel like that. And, and you don't want him obviously to make an error. Nobody does. We'd all want him to, to turn this around. But does it come to a point where you think, actually, I don't know if he can at that club because the supporters are always a bit wary? Yeah, yeah, it probably is.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you a little story, and people will laugh at me for this. So when I was a young uh, nipper... I had uh, Aston Villa contact me. This is why I have a hatred for Villa now, I think. <laughs> and they asked me for my fi- fixtures and the scout came to watch me on the first day and I was that bothered about talking to my left back. And And the ball's on the halfway line, I'm not thinking about it. I'm looking at my left back. I'm saying, mate, you need to push up. If you pass the ball back to me, come back it." And, and then everyone's cheering on what's going on. And the ball had gone in the top corner It shot from the halfway line and I hadn't seen it. Sometimes errors happen and the scout left. That was it, and I had a letter from Villa later on saying thank you. We're going to go in a different direction. I was absolutely devastated, and obviously my football career didn't go too well because, yeah, I'm sat here. Um, but, oh, it, thanks. It, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> but well, errors, ha- <laughs> errors happen. right? they can be completely out of the blue, and it's how you deal with it. I didn't deal with that well. I didn't become a professional yeah. goalkeeper. Pears is making errors. I don't think he's dealing with the errors very well. He's not learning from them. Let's look at the Plymouth and the Ipswich game. What's he done in both games? He's put himself in a stupid situation both times. And there were near enough carbon copies coming out when the defenders were dealing with it. And he's not learning. And there is, like Dan said, there is a limitation to, there is a, well, sorry, there's a floor and a ceiling. His floor, his ceiling isn't actually that high. I hoped it was, it's not that high. I think I think mm-hmm. it could be mental with him. It could be physical because he's a slight guy. He's not He's not a big guy. So his ceiling is actually not that high, but his floor's pretty low. And he makes good saves, he makes solid saves, but it's littered too much. And I hate myself for saying it, but I agree with Dan. I think League One's probably
1: his level. Just, just to sort of round we'll look up constantly. on it, really sorry Dan. i was just going to say from my point of view no, ben, i think the the supporters here have a massive role to play i'm not saying they can turn this around for ends the pairs but jdt is not afraid to throw somebody in he's not worried that they're young too young he's not worried that too inexperienced so if the club are deciding that the Pairs is the man it is no good don't remember you can't help your anxieties at times and you're thinking oh man. but it's no good as bombarding ends the pairs with groans you know if possible because the club have clearly decided well volstead isn't ready yet so we've just got to kind of ride with their decision for me i do i think ains is the answer no but if they think is the answer for now there's a reason for it and i think well last thing we want to do is make him more anxious
0: yeah definitely uh just to mention a few comments as well father over asked the same question as california robert thank you for your question there and Aaron, as well, long-time viewer of the channel and long-time lover of Coldplay, said that he wants Leo to be given a chance against Cardiff. things go well, starts at the weekend. So and he's that's he's got a fantastic
2: hairstyle as well. Let's remember that. He's he got goes, he loves my, hair my hair hairstyle.
0: Yeah, so he's my best mate. Uh, we'll move on now to Mike's mailbag. Now we've asked for a few weeks for tune, and the brilliant Craig Atkinson has come up with. A delightful tune. I'll play it for you oh, all yeah. and then we'll get straight into Mike's mailbag. Nice little nice little nice
2: little nice little, nice little, nice little sing, Mike Mailbag, yeah.
0: Nice little sing, Mike Mailbag, yeah. 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 Nice sing, Mike's mailbag, yeah. <laughs> it's Mike's mailbag. Jeez, you've, Mike's made me, mailbag. you've made me a bit thinner on that, haven't you? You have the theme tune, you've got everything. Away you go
2: somehow he's managed to make my voice more annoying than it actually is but i do appreciate that <laughs> cheers for the sting okay so into the mailbag so mark this one's for you mark Howarth asks how can yeah. we balance the midfield in my opinion it's not balanced with it as it is
1: uh I completely agree mark and what a great name you've got and um, what i would say is for me at Ipswich, it wasn't the midfield per se that's the issue that they were coming right through the center of us so that sounds ridiculous thing to say when you watch when jrc plays he comes inside and he almost plays as a right central midfielder for pretty much the majority of the game when pickering's playing and britain pickering gets that role to be the one to come inside that causes a few problems because harry pickering isn't as good at that as jordan and Costello. the other problem you've got is adam wharton doesn't shuffle across. So he also stays in that left central midfield. Travis is marauding, so there's just a big gap on that right hand side. It also exposes Dominic Hyam because Pickering's then not at the fullback space. Whereas when Joe Rankin Costello's in midfield, it does expose Carter but he's quick enough to cope with it. So I think your solutions are you make Travis be the one sitting alongside Wharton or swap those. And I also think Adam Wharton has the last few games I'd say they've figured out a little bit from the opposition. They've, they've put a number 10 sat on him. So that's a bit of an issue. So actually, at weekend, I would have swapped Travis and, and had him sitting a little bit more and Wharton further forward. That said, I don't think Travis can do that role very well. I don't think he's positionally aware enough. I think he's at his best when he's harassing further up the pitch. But you either bring Travis back as well, Wharton becomes a bit more positionally aware and shuffles across if not if it's going to be Pickering, I think draw ranking Costello back at right back would fix it I'm not saying Britain doesn't play but I think that would fix it or you start going to Tronstad and you start looking at these options think it's big game for Tronstad on Wednesday there's a lot been calling for him again he's obviously not playing for a reason for me
0: he's not mobile enough but I still would have brought him on at weekend um, what do you guys think? Just to chime in on that in the midfield I think John Dahl's asking too much of the players I completely agree with the Travis bit that you see it whenever they get through the midfield the two are just chasing Adam Morton was just constantly running back after someone the other day and once he gets that yellow card it takes him out the game because he then can't hit the, the next one
1: yeah I think
0: we're asking too much I think we had it right last year uh with the way we were playing both of them that's when we saw the best of Adam Morton does it sacrifice Lewis Travis a bit yes but I think you've got to do that for the team almost so it's frustrating to watch at the moment i think i don't think the personnel are wrong i'd like to see john second and maybe look at switching to a midfield free but then you're sacrificing mm. you're either putting smodics smodics. Out wide, aren't you, and then you sacrifice yeah. one of son and moran i don't know how you balance it but for me you're either asking too much of the two midfielders or you change the roles like uh like mark said that's been the issue
1: I admit. us so in the, at the beginning of the season we put four three three and smodics was i wouldn't say non-existent but not at his best i mean at weekend all his best work is when he's he's almost the furthest man forward the moment he starts dropping back and he he starts trying to ping balls around he isn't very good at it and he he gets himself in a bit of a pickle and i I think when we it's no coincidence when we've had joe Mankin costello at right back that this wasn't an issue necessarily or a noticeable issue and I, I'm not blaming Callum Britton. I think Callum Britton's played really He bring something. I just think that has exposed the issue because Rankin Costello is the other central midfielder at that point. And I think that's where this has come about.
2: I think for, for me, I, d- I don't want to react on that Ipswich game because I do think we've had you know, we've had a positive season so far Mm. and I think the performances have actually been there in the most part. It's just that final third, as we always say, and and actually a few mistakes at the back, but I'm, the jury's still out with Travis for me, whether he is actually right for this team. So. I don't really. I, I'm not ready to make a final decision on Travis. I, I've mentioned quite yeah. a few times he's someone I don't think should be captain, but I, 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 I'm not too sure on whether he's actually the right person to sit in that midfield. And Wharton, he's still a young lad. You know, we, we I think we're, a lot of people are expecting him to be like Jude Bellingham, and we, we've got to let him learn and, and develop. So, I i don't really want to react on that balance just yet. I do think Tronstad hasn't been given enough opportunities, but like we've said, there's a reason he's not being given those opportunities. Mm-hmm. So, either JDT actually really rates Travis and wants Travis to have that spot, or there's something in the background that's not quite right. So, next question this is for Dan. Ribble Blue asks, why are the players not picking up the second and third ball challenges? It's extremely poor. Now on this one, I think we've said in the past, physically, I'm concerned about this team with pace and general strength height and being able to bully people off the ball. But what's your opinion, Dan?
0: I think that's part of it, definitely. I also think part of it's the positions that I just mentioned. We showing a lot on Saturday that say so we try and play the long ball up and uh it was at the back bird you saw wolf had switch and, and nod it down and you've only got one of our players there and there's three options for them to play it down to now if we commit them men, I think we're going to struggle yeah. it's hard to it's one I'm struggling to answer really because I feel it's John Dole making the plays in that position what do you think on that one Mark
1: I think you're right I just think the players are too far apart at that point i think that's what the issue is it's not that it's certainly not an effort thing at all yeah
2: no so chris lost chris Chris lost, lost Chris on Twitter said if JDT were to go should the club continue in this style or accept the Luton and Millwall way is best in the championship and look for a more traditional manager okay I'll, I'll, I'll start with this answer for me I love what we're doing at the moment I think it's really exciting um, yes okay you can have games where you you know you win 1-0 against Watford and lose 4-3 against Ipswich I think it's exciting um, quick answers here, Dan, would you, would you stick or twist? Would you stick with the JDT, T wire? Would you twist
0: and go traditional? I'd stick. We've got Greg Broughton who would work best in that way. We've got everything, the club shifted to that way. And if we go back to the other way, it's a bit like the Russell Martin situation. It's Southampton, where they've invested in all these passes and they're kind of having to stick with it. So for me, I'd just stick because we've shifted one way. If we shift back again. It's just going to take even more time.
2: Yeah. Mark?
0: Absolutely stick. Yeah. Uh, I, think,
2: I think we're all agreed. I'd, I'd rather see this all day
1: long. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Nice one. And based on last week, I hope you guys are ready for this. So further to last week from Bradley White on YouTube, when he said, you're perfect Rovers player. We did the current season. Now we've got all time. So this is right foot, left foot strength, IQ and pace. I've gone for a real obvious one. I think a few people on YouTube have done it. I've gone right foot Shearer, left foot Gams Pedersen, strength of Samba, IQ of two, guy in the pace of Bellamy. Uh, Mark, what was yours?
1: I've tried to make sure I don't use the same player because obviously Shearer would fit into a number of them. So I've gone right foot Bentley. Of course, thing to Beckham at a certain time. Uh, left foot, I've gone Pedersen. Strength, I've therefore gone Shearer. I know his game wasn't all about strength, but you just could not shift him. Uh, Pace, I've gone George Ostonis. He was rapid, mm, too quick for, too quick for his own feet. I know why I'm pushing 40. And uh, IQ, it's got to be two guys, hasn't it?
0: Yeah, I went... Uh obviously i've not seen as many as you two 40 year olds but i went right foot bentley left foot pedersen uh pace i also went for bellamy who's i think the favorite striker i've ever seen at robs i loved him in that year mm. uh what else is the strength yeah. of samba and the football iq have to be two guy anyone who's not picking two guy in there needs to really reevaluate themselves no and that's the Malbad boys Go on, we'll have another go at the theme tune, shall we, uh Mike? Before <laughs> we go on,
2: Nice little, Nice little sing, Nice little sing, Nice little
0: sing, Nice. There we have it. Thank you to Craig again for that uh, lovely sing. I'll leave all these links down below, and we'll head on to the quiz. Who this week is actually Mike. Now we don't have a theme tune for this one, Mike, but you can make your own up if you want, but. With a quiz. <laughs> I don't think we need another one.
2: Okay, so this is the final round of uh, career paths. So okay. we're going to go with Mark first. So round one has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight clubs. Okay. Okay. So are we against? I know we're having a ball ball together. Yeah,
0: so. Oh, yeah, you need your buzzer, Mark. So. Buzzer, Dan. Are you mm-hmm. going to stick with yours or are you going to change it? It's going to be Club Sandwich again. I've not oh, had sure one much. today, but I might go and have a celebratory one if I win this quiz. Good man, and Mark.
1: Uh, I think sherwood caused too much confusion last time, so I'm going to go darts pro.
2: <laughs> in honor of in
1: honor of Dan here.
2: In honor of our, uh, what did you call him? Dan Arrow Ainsworth.
1: Well, yeah, that's the one.
2: <laughs> okay, round one. So we started off. At Dundee United. Dark he rock. then moved. Oh.
1: Kevin Gallagher?
2: No. Ooh. He then moved to Blackburn Rovers.
0: Um, oh, club sandwich. Go on. It's not David Goodwillie, is it? It is not David Goodwillie.
2: <laughs> he then moved to Leicester City on loan, where he didn't actually make an appearance. He then moved to Bradford City.
0: Oh, no, then
2: that. Preston.
0: Dan, oh, oh, uh, looks, keep saying my
2: name. <laughs> Go on, Dan.
0: Did you get in there, Mark? Or... No, go on. I couldn't get my words out. I couldn't even remember my buzzer. Paul Gallagher? No. Paul Gallagher?
1: No. Dykes Pro. Is it Callum Davidson? He is
2: not. Oh, oh no. It must have been. From Preston, one. he went to Clyde Bank then came dog back broke. go on
1: is it is it billy mckinley
2: it is billy mckinley there we go so oh, you've got, you got three points there Mark. great you want me to the points I've, I've got, got you, it mate I've, no. I've got a spreadsheet and everything little, to little i'm i'm ready on this one
1: little rubbish okay. story about billy mckinley i loved him that much i named my dog after him not mckinley <laughs> just billy <Okay. laughs> fair play
2: yeah okay so next one started at celtic moved to dundee united on loan
1: moved That's to
2: over Wolver- go on
1: oh uh, no ignore me
2: okay <laughs> go on charlie mulgrove it was charlie mulgrove so a- that gives you one two three four five six seven eight nine
1: points that- that's what i was
2: going to say and i thought no i didn't he went from dundee to celtic yeah he went what uh an he, absolute really, he made
1: his professional debut at dundee
2: then wolf south end aberdeen celtic blackburn wigan yeah. fleetwood and dundee yeah. okay round three started off at ajax then had two then had a spell at germinal beer shot then had another spell at German or Beer Shot. Then went to Genk.
0: Club Sandwich? Go on. Kaminsky. No. Just for the Belgians. <laughs> then
2: he went to Blackburn Rovers. Then he went to Portsmouth. Club Sandwich. Go on. Mokawana? It was Mokawana. He went to one more club, which was Bidvest Wits or Vits? Oh, South
0: Africa. Yeah. That's
2: the thing. The trouble was he didn't start in South Africa, did he? He started off at Ajax, so that's the one. I went the, straight
0: to when you should be a shot. Right, so you get two points it. there. That's when
1: we went for Vincent Company and we ended up getting him instead. Was it really? Seriously, yeah.
2: Oh, don't tell me that. Hmm. Never mind. He's a rubbish manager now anyway. So loads of points. <laughs> next one. Now at the moment, Dan, you have eleven, Mark, you have three, but this is where you can make a big impact,
1: Mark. I need to remember my my uh signing, that's what it is, my name. Right, go okay. on.
2: Manchester United. Then he went on loan to Wigan. And he signed permanently for Newcastle United. Go on.
1: Keith Gillespie.
2: Yes, Mark. Keith Gillespie. He then went to Blackburn Rovers, Wigan Athletic, Leicester Leicester. City, Sheffield United, Charlton Athletic, Bradford, Glentoran, Darlington, Longford Town, and he's currently at FC Mindwell. Good play, well, Keith, that's a big old play. I was eleven points you made there, just because he decided to be a little bit of a journeyman in his last years.
1: Yeah, thanks,
2: Fourteen to eleven. Okay, next one only. We'll five. give him a little plug there while we're here. Oh, look there at that! Only yeah. five points available now. So he started off at Chelsea. He Dartsboro. didn't move. Go on, Grandma, sir it is grimly slow. He oh, went on oh. to Platburn, Chelsea, <laughs> so Southampton, sorry. and Wembley. So you get four. Uh, you get four points or five points for that.
0: Five. First one, yeah. There we go. Okay,
2: next one. Started off at Ipswich Town. Went on low. Sandwich. Go on. Jordan Roads. It is Jordan Roads. So he had Ipswich Town. Oxford United, Rochdale and Brentford all on loan. Moved to Huddersfield, came to Worst where he was an absolute legend, scoring 83 goals in 159 games. Moved to Middlesbrough, sadly, and then his career went downhill. To be honest, he went downhill after us, didn't he? He went Middlesbrough, Sheffield Wednesday on loan, Sheffield Wednesday permanently, Norwich on loan, Huddersfield, and now he's at Blackburn on, Blackpool on loan and doing pretty well. Lovely, that trick the other day. Exactly. Right. So this is where, so that gave you 12 points there, Dan. So it's now 23 points to Dan, 19 to Mark. This is where it's won and lost. Okay. Started off at Wolverhampton Wanderers. Had a loan spell at crew. Had another loan spell at Berry. Had another loan spell at Berry his career kicked on when he moved to brighton and hove albion darts pro. go on
1: elliot bennett
2: it is elliot bennett oh,
0: what an
2: he then went from brighton to norwich back to brighton on loan to bristol on loan became a club legend at blackburn rovers and finished at shrewsbury Did. and mark finishes 25 to 23 marks the winner this week fantastic I found
0: <laughs> no no sandwich sandwich at all. you can have one there mark uh, Mike, thank you very much for hosting really appreciate it as always that's where we'll round off today and now just a bit of a note we will be having a few former players on the podcast in the coming weeks now shall we say no we'll wait on who just in case we don't get them through the line. but there are a few <laughs> coming on uh some we've had on before some we haven't what we'll do for the ones that we haven't had on before we'll release it as a separate podcast as well afterwards just a bit with a player but come and tune in see what the podcast is all about as well again uh, and we'll have that bit with a player in the middle looking forward to them there's a few uh, I think we've got a few decent ones to start off with them oh, hopefully absolutely. we can keep exciting going. times mm. definitely I'm really glad to have them on we'll kind of space it out as well we'll have one week where we have a player on maybe leave in a few weeks Get another play on, but that's where we round off. Thank you, Tim, for watching. Mark, thank you as always. Thanks for the lovely mailbag as always and the quiz as well today.
2: Yeah, cheers, man. Cheers for that sting. It was
0: quite funny. It was good, Craig. Thank you very much. Like I said, I'll leave everything down below. Craig and Mark, thank you as always. No problem, Dan. No problem, Dan. But you
1: are forgetting that I have a little treat for our listeners. So, although we were all upset at weekend we were all extremely upset one thing that does come as a bit of a compensation for everybody was I did tell them Roves are predictable I did tell them to put Sammy Smoddix to score anytime both teams to score and more goals will be scored in the first half the problem was Dan I told everyone that and I didn't put it on myself for a while so the odds have plummeted but everyone else managed to get 14 to one well done so this week's little treat before we go into the Cardiff game I've learned my lesson I've put it on already is there's going to be over two goals we all know this in the cup of ewood and rovers rovers will qualify so it doesn't have to be 90 minutes they'll qualify and the most goals will be in the first half again and two pounds fifty on that if you're a big high roller will get you 17 pounds 50 in return what more can you want <sighs> in life? Uh,
0: how many club sandwiches could you buy with that just think of all them well as much as you just want ewood but yeah <laughs> well, probably not even one but uh, that's how finished mark thank you again for the tip as well and thank you to everyone for watching a bit of a bumper episode there but we hope you're still tuning mm-hmm. in we hope you're enjoying it as well leave your comments down below on all the topics we've discussed especially the pairs and volstead situation and we'll see you next week for a new podcast thank you for listening and watching your support's always appreciated and hopefully we're discussing two wins by next week <laughs>